0: Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a Paramount Podcast production. I keep switching it up. I'm going to settle on one soon that I like the most. I'm still Mike Casaza welcoming in Chris Anderson. Chris, we are in the epicenter of a major college football beef. It involves West Virginia in that Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, both call West Virginia their birthplaces. This is a delicious development that I really wish we could not should. Spend an episode on. I don't know, maybe one day we will. This is so fun. I love the offseason for reasons like this. But we're instead going to talk about the headlines that carried the day up until Nick Satan assailed Jimbo Fisher on Wednesday night, and then Jimbo Fisher fired back on Thursday. We're talking about the expected changes in the scholarship structure, which we covered briefly in a previous podcast. No more. For the next two seasons, will schools be governed by limiting their incoming class of players to just 25? No cap in 23 24. Still sticking with 85. I saw red, heard nothing about official visit counts, which I think is a kind of a low key mechanism that does come into play here, but still a healthy cap they can use there. I believe it's still 56. Um, but we both have lots of thoughts on this. We're going to try to cram into a brief amount of time. So, quantity. In quality, it's a sliding scale. We're going to go with the best of the best right away. Your initial reactions.
1: My first thought, and I'll be completely honest here. Well, the first time I heard this, I thought, wow, this is just a, a I don't want to say drastic move. Well, I guess it is kind of a drastic move with the 25-man scholarship limit. But I I was under the impression for a while there that it was a permanent move. Um, now, you saying right now that it was two years is not the first time I heard that. Uh, I did hear that earlier, but much later than when I originally started piecing together my thoughts on all of this. Um, but are we coming down to this is going to be an eventual uh, full elimination? Uh, let, let's start there. Is this going to be a two-year thing or is this going to be a two-year probationary period trial period whatever that eventually becomes a permanent thing
0: it's a great question
1: it's the unanswerable question in that
0: it's also unanswered right now so there's a reason there here's why when something happens here you put a rule into place what happens people look for ways around the corner they look for loopholes they look for ways to bend and manipulate the rules the ncaa has very little enforcement capability there and this is going to be like a it's not the wild west like the nil but it's going to be a little bit of haves trying to have more and it create a separation between themselves and their closest peers. I think you see what happens in the next two years. And before you put something permanent in, you have an idea how you adjust after one or two years. Ultimately, yes, I believe this becomes permanent or maybe it's in every other year. There's some sort of a repeating mechanism, but I think that this flexibility is logical. It's needed because it's brought about by other developments, including the name, image and likeness, but also most importantly, immediate transfer in the transfer portal. It's here, it's here to stay in some capacity. I just don't know that we know how that looks yet. I don't know how you're supposed to know how that looks yet because you put this in place and you're, you're inviting people to find a way through, over, under, around that wall. Let's see how they do that and then let's put more permanent measures in place that account for those attempts to get around the obstruction.
1: I'm going to give credit here to the NCAA or at least those who are on the Division One Council that elected to go with this two-year trial period because full-time long-term with no limitations and no you know no other constraints around it just flat out 85 man scholarship limit total and don't care how many you sign each class for eternity is a disaster um we can get into why in a second so i think this two-year period of sampling things, figuring it out. I think they're going to figure it out pretty quickly, and I imagine a lot of schools, a lot of coaches have already voiced their opinion of what they think is going to happen and the problems that they're going to be with this situation. Um, hopefully, they. Well, I mean, I don't. Hopefully, that it'll figure it out or find out that it's true in the next two years. But I imagine they will, and and they'll put some kind of restraints on it. But um, I think with no limit at all on an individual class it will further separate the haves and the have-nots mm-hmm. do you agree or not
0: yeah for, for a separate reason i think you can you can lump together but and i'll get to that in a second i don't want to interrupt i'll just simply say yes i think you're probably right because okay. everything is going in that direction
1: because in in my mind how i see this going if this were not a two-year probation period and this were just a full fully implemented for The foreseeable future, you can sign 25 as long as you stay under 85. It would be harmful for everyone but the top of college football, just those programs, not even the players, because I would see a situation where, and let's just take a few examples of some programs that have been at the top of the sport for a while, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Oklahoma, USC, go around there. They're going to just churn through players, Class after class, you don't make the two deep in the first two years, spit them out the other side back to the transfer portal with you. And and it's just the, these programs are going to churn through just 30, 35, 40 players every single class, whittle it down to the 12 to 15 that can contribute right away, and push the rest of them out. Um, now you say, Oh, well, it's a two way contract, and the kids don't have to leave it. You know, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's been the case forever. Uh, and we all know what has happened in the past. I mean, uh, speaking of the ongoing beef, Nick Saban, Nick Saban is infamous for, um, let's say some medical red shirts that, that are not medical red shirts, what they call medical waivers, where they stay on scholarship, but you don't count towards the 85 mm-hmm. for kids. Um, and so there are ways to kind of gently and not so gently shove players out of programs and i could just see top programs like that being you know, like getting the pick of getting the pick of the litter and then spitting kids out on the other side and everybody else fighting in the transfer portal and and that's the next point which we'll get to in a minute but your thoughts on that
0: there there's a concept of parity out there and that this is a move that's going to expand the possibilities for that so for example a west virginia think of it like geography, um, or, or if you think about like high school states and high school football, if you have more people in a state or more people in a high school, naturally that school, that state is going to produce more talent. Your hit rate is, I mean, if you have a percentage of, of likelihood in a place of a population to become a college football player, if you add people to it, well, that rate still stays the same, but you're actually getting more products out of it. So, if it's 50% of your of your high school football team is going to play college football, and you have 100 players, well, it's 50. You have 200 players, that's 100. Well, if an Alabama or a West Virginia or an Akron or a Western Michigan can take unlimited number of players, you're more likely to get hits the more you fill your room. So that's good. The trouble is that haves are going to attract players more frequently and with more ease than have nots or almost haves or almost have nots. So the parody thing is I think that's for the audience to not be disgusted by or for the people who are saying this is this is good for the elites only. Oh, no, parody will be it might be, but it, it also works both ways, like you're talking about there. Um, and then you're going to see teams that can really trim the fat, too. If they're weak in an area, yeah, they're going to make players disappear. Um, this is probably bad for the concept of cutting players because that's going to happen. Uh, It's probably bad for the concept of people walking on and getting a scholarship because you're going to have more players to come in. Look at West Virginia. They've had the ability to grant scholarships to walk-ons because they haven't been able to bring in more than 25 to fill out to 85. They're still going to be right around 79, 80, 81 probably when fall camp is finished. That's not going to be an issue anymore. You're not going to have to give scholarships to three, walk-ons to get to 85 or just because you can, because you want to, because you can. So that hurts, too. And it all goes back to the separation points, which again happens in everything now. Like every one of these moves seems like there is a separation, if not in mind, then at least brought about as a consequence. And I don't I don't see how this is terribly different. I know that the idea is like, oh, this will let schools compete quicker. I think it's a lot different for a Miami or an LSU or a USC with new coaches or teams that are in some sort of a turnover to rebuild than if you made a change at a group of five conference. So these blue bloods, and I just mentioned three of them, that are in a state of transition, they're going to have a heck of a lot more resources and and more ability to reload and get back on track quicker than a coaching change after a you know kind of a depleted roster in the MAC and Conference USA in the Sun Belt. That concerns me. I don't know how that's
1: anything but an obvious outcome here. How important does transfer portal recruiting come now? Huge. Even more.
0: You, you said this for a long time. there have to be full-time employees. There yeah. just have to you've got to be on top of it. you've got to have relationships it's it's got to be a separate recruiting coordinator like it's cool if you've got a recruiting coordinator that has connections to high schools in your your backyard states and your pipeline states that if you have directors on offense and defense and even special teams, everybody's got their expertise. I don't know why you wouldn't treat the portal the same thing because you got to know people you got to know their people. you got to know where they came from. you got to know what their situation was because it's that that's big it's on, and the talent is coming out. and people are are farming with it right now, too. it's it's the way in the future. so that that has to be a major investment everywhere,
1: yeah, because if, if if they're going to go through this again, I think it is it helps high schoolers. It is going to get more high schoolers into the mm-hmm. programs. It's going it get on scholarship initially, but it's going to in turn result in, even more transfers than there already are and and we've seen maybe not exponential growth in the transfer market by by the truest of definitions but it's going it's trending straight up and this is going to continue that trend up and i don't think that's going to change unless they put more constraints on it so again you you were going to have to all of a sudden you're talking hey get one or two guys that'll focus on transfer portal you might have to put three or four or five guys on the transfer portal to make sure that you are recruiting it properly and getting out there and finding the guys you need to fill all the holes you're going to have from all this turnover possible solution here Mm -hmm.
0: instead of unlimited unlimited Let's say that they come back around and say, all right, this worked out well. People were not too cavalier in the way they responded to this. The cheating wasn't out of control. There there's some bad actors, but here's the way we're going to fix it. 70 players in two years. Okay. That's it. So it could be 35, 35. It could be 25, 35. Some number, like maybe like a two-year cap or a three-year cap where it's better than 25, and maybe it's 90 in three years. I don't know, but I'm just thinking here. Do you think that's any type of a way to keep this from being out of control? Or do you think that's that maybe that's a better idea right now? Give them a cap, so to speak, but give it some flexibility and give it some room between what is and, and what it will become.
1: Let me answer your question with a question. Mm. What are the major downfalls of simply a one for one trade? Every player that every scholarship player that enters the NCAA transfer portal leaving your program, you may then get a new scholarship for the next class.
0: I think because that number is so volatile and your planning is such that it has to be far out. Like look at West Virginia. I don't think that they necessarily expected Josh Chandler Samito, Daryl Porter, Akeem Mesidor, Nick Troy Fortune, like, like a handful of players. they, they might have had an idea. Like I can't remember when this rule first came about. Brown said that Neil Brown said we can have up to seven and guess what? We're going to use all seven. And you're like, wait a minute. we have only had two people transfer. It was absurd on my part to react like that because they had way more than five more elite. Right. But the yeah. point being, like, I just think that you, you take so much time planning. If it's one for one, you might have three, one day and you might have eight the next. And that could be, that could be tricky. Couldn't it?
1: Yeah, it could. It could. Um, okay. So as a solution, just full twenty five man limit, but I well, don't know, because then that's what I was about to say, but then you have to have it have to sit out a year if you transfer. But then again, I already talked about how the schools can kind of gently and not so gently push you out. So uh, yeah. there are some what ifs out
0: there for sure. Um, yeah, let's close with the big question, Chris. The Reason people are here, it's West Virginia. Good or bad for the mountaineers?
1: Um, I think it's bad. I mean, I think it. it a, a short-sighted look at this is, hey, now they can finally get back up to 85 since they were so short. Big-picture look, though, is exactly what I was talking about, about how th- this is going to end up with even more turnover and them having to put in more work. And, well, have I talked myself out of it before I even talk myself into it here, Mike? Hmm. You want to pause for a second let me spill? Yeah, go, 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 go. All right. Um, in the upvote, downvote
0: sense, I think it's good for West Virginia because they that's a program that needs to be as close to 85, if not on 85, as they can be, obviously. And again, um, a program that traditionally has had to project and develop players, and Neil Brown has said this, this is a developmental program. Can they get top-shelf recruits who can compete as freshmen and sophomores? Yeah, they're doing that. I'm sure they plan on continuing that. The majority of their players are going to be people who have to be here for one or two seasons to get on the field no matter. You can get a lot of those guys, but the hit rate, as I keep referring, is not great on those. If you bring in more people, you thereby increase the likelihood that you're getting more players on the field. Your percentage stays the same, but you bring in more people, that percentage produces more players. So I think that's good. Now, how many more players do they get going from 25 to 30? I think that's a really good question in that, again, it's hard to answer because how big do you think West Virginia will go annually? That could be a floating number, but it could be like a, a not a hard number because there is no hard number, but they might want to be careful about how many people they add for another reason here. One, you force people out when you bring people in. You might lose people to the transfer portal. Two, here are three letters I have not heard yet, Chris. Mm-hmm. APR. Mm. If you're gambling a little bit and you're you're stretching your parameters a little bit. That might mean academically, you know, West Virginia for a long, long time was excellent about doing the research and making sure everybody who committed in signed made it to campus years and years and years in a row of not having to waste player spots on people who don't qualify. Um, you don't have to be as exact with that when you could bring in an unlimited number of players. Now, granted, if a player doesn't qualify and doesn't make it, that still doesn't help you. But if a player does qualify, and again, maybe is close to an area you do not want to engage in, there's nothing that says he's going to be eligible during or after the semester. And you might lose that cost in the middle of the season or after a season. If it's in the middle of a season, that player leaves the school and isn't eligible, you lose APR points. That, to me, is a natural concern. If you're, if you're kind of looking the other way or you're lowering your requisites to let people in, if you're saying yes to people you wouldn't say yes to before, you might get some players who you might not otherwise acquire. You might get some trouble on the other end of that, which means they don't stick around. Um, they're not academically eligible. They... Hurt you in the APR sense. It's not hard to to hurt you in the APR, but it's easy to avoid it too. But if you bring in some academic misfits, who knows? Like who knows that they're going to maintain eligibility, not just one year, but many years. And it, it also in the sense that, like, you might you might see like mercenary players who just come in and do a semester and leave. Uh, what type of standing are they going to be in? Like, because they can do this, they can come in one year. There's going to be room for them that not, there might not be. Yeah, we don't have to worry about 25. You could be number 26. You could be number 29. That person comes in for one year and then moves along. Well, what type of academic shape was that person in? APR is a concern to me because you're 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 close to the fire. You're close to the flame right there. But I think overall, if West Virginia is good, I would say better with you know how they if they're better with how they recruit transfers, especially they're gonna bring in more talent and, and find a way to just increase the hit rate on their acquisitions. That could be a great thing for them and get them closer to 85. The downsides exist for everybody. I don't know how the downsides are more extreme for West Virginia. I just think the benefits outweigh the
1: downsides. I cannot believe that we're talking about college football and you're going off bringing up academics. Academics? Yeah. We we have forgotten that that, that is like the backbone of the college <laughs> experience, but
0: I just wanted to, I wanted to bring that back one more time if you don't mind the dark cloud over the conversation. It, it, it,
1: you have to, Mike, if you're going to do that, you have to do the old, what is it? There's a reason that the word student comes before athlete and student athlete. That's what you have to start it with that. It's a cloudy day, Chris. There's a lot for me to yell at.
0: (laughs) So now where are you on this? You were against, then you're thinking maybe for. I have given you my pulpit speech.
1: As far as where, if this is good or bad for West Virginia. Yes, sir. It depends. It's my perfect cop out. It depends on how they adapt and how they adapt their recruiting strategy because if this happens, you will essentially become a program that is trying to feed off the players getting pushed out of the Blue Bloods, the teams that are, you know, the guys that are four-star recruits out of high school but they don't make the two deep right away. And, boy, you better trust your scouting. You better trust your relationships so that you can get those guys. And this is why I started the second guess that is that maybe – with the way West Virginia does things and the way they have, have have kind of picked up on a few of those guys and the connections they have, this coaching staff has, maybe they would excel more in that type of recruiting environment where one where you are scouting the transfer portals for, let's just, you know, they're not misfits. There's no, There's nothing misfit about 95% of them, but players that are, back on the market by a transfer portal, leaving other schools. Maybe they are better suited to recruit players and top talent from that and make the most out of it rather than taking the scraps, not even the scraps, because they've been recruiting at a, a pretty high level, highest level for West Virginia in recent years, but still out of high schoolers. And, and that's where I started to second guess it, that maybe West Virginia would be better off in that scenario where they are are, re-recruiting guys and trying to make the most out of them the second time around. And they could actually hit on some big talented players that way.
0: Yeah. To what extent do red flags become green lights? Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's an interesting thing now. And again, you might not have thought about that before you see red, you stop, you see green, now you think about it. And you have that conversation. Um, that's it for this conversation here. This is going to evolve over time. I'm sure not just the next two years, but certainly in the next two hours, two days, two weeks, as we see reactions to this and we see schools Maybe begin to plant their seeds because they're going to want to create some room for next year, post spring, maybe, but certainly post fall. Um, that's far down the road. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza, and I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24/7. The UEFA Champions League Channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition